I think success probably likely comes from taking action. But before you can take the action, one has to recognize that there is an issue to, to resolve. And because if you don't have the mindfulness, um, then it's that quick fix that will do something for a moment of time without not getting beyond. excited to have Jason Minsky on this podcast. He is somebody that I have had the pleasure of being randomly introduced to thanks to his persistence uh, about less than four months ago, give or take, at this juncture. We did this interview a month back, and it really is um, a conversation that's so just a friend with another friend about what we as human beings go through regarding having to overcome shifts and challenges. And in this particular case, wait. I just really look forward to you sitting down and listening as Jason and I have a real heart-to-heart about our journey through weight loss and his decision to become a coach through his success. So join me. Here we go. Hi, Jason Minsky, and welcome to my Camp Fifi Uncensored podcast and and, uh, accepting my invitation to be my guest today. And um, for those of you who don't know Jason Minsky, first off, the fact that Jason's last name is Minsky and my last name is Linsky, let's just get that started. I mean, uh, besides Linsky, I've never met a Minsky with the same spelling. So that just automatically made us like soul brother and sister. And there's lots of reasons that Jason and I have discovered why we're connected, which is why I invited Jason to be on this podcast with me because this is exactly why I do these gatherings around the campfire because it's all about connection and conversation and the things we have in common and the things that we can inspire each other through and experiences and life stories that we share in common or that we learn from one another. And so in my great pleasure of being introduced to Jason unbeknownst to me and possibly Jason's unbeknownst to himself, did we get brought together, which is probably coming on 23 months, I would imagine. I think three months. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, next week, this coming week. And the beautiful thing about that was it was something where one toe was in and one toe was out and I didn't want it to be that way. And then I get this random call, call from Jason I think it was during my work lunch at the time and you made a phone call to me, cold called me because of a connection we had through something that you do as a coach and I had invested in and I had wanted to do because I had gotten to a point where I was trying to figure out how to let go of weight And I had done it in many different successful ways over many years, over a lifetime. And I had watched several friends 
Uh, in fact, over this past year, lose anywhere from 20 to 60 pounds. And when I made this investment, I had a series of events occur combined with, you know, trying food and because of the way one's lifestyle had been and um, all the things concerned with my health, thyroid, what have you, what I could, what I couldn't, all the things and really not having somebody to talk to, I was ready to jump ship when you called. And your conversation and my conversation and my point to all this is the ability to connect two human beings together randomly and what we're capable of doing for each other uh, called inspiration, enlightenment, enhancement, support, hearing, listening. Even though I'm doing all the talking right now, there's a reason for this. So this is my introduction of Jason Minsky, this wonderful man that came into my life that through a common thing that we have one of many things we have in common, which is health, well-being, weight loss, um, is why Jason, uh, I invited here today because he's so delicious and he's so full of life and so vibrant. And there's going to be a lot more things we're talking about than weight loss. But I don't know anybody out there who one way or another hasn't been touched by, heard of, cared for, gone through the journey of wondered when, you know, how, whatever. And um, I'm not here to preach anything or stand for any one thing except to love on, learn to love on oneself and get to the bottom of why we, we have these, um, these journeys, you know, health-related, genetic-related, lifestyle-related, whatever, but also how all of these things, all these really patterns in our life are so applicable in all aspects of life. And anyhow, Jason, welcome. Felicia, thank you. What a warm uh, welcome. It's everything you said. I mean, wow. I've probably heard parts, but not necessarily all of it put to well, uh, put together so well. And, you know, going back, how did we meet? I'll kind of, you're right. It was you know, I was calling clients that I have not spoken to just to check in and see what's going on. And I had no idea that you were on the verge of quitting or almost two feet out the door. And I knew, I mean, I think as you did, I mean, within I don't know, five to 10 minutes that I, you told me this. I mean, I certainly said several things that strongly resonated, um, whether about your situation, mine, our past that we didn't even really understand we're so similar, but ultimately I'm like, you know what, why do I do this? And, um, you know, and sometimes, I mean, is I am very passionate about what I get to do and it is a choice. And bottom line is this, when I can help someone feel better, um, and I love when I get that, you know, whatever the feedback is, whatever the payback is, you know, whatever the emotional investment in gratitude or none, because not everyone is 100% successful. And, you know, we're human beings and, and we come from different places at different times. And, you know, I don't know how anyone was particularly raised, but, you know, I'm 53. Um, and I have my own journey. And I have always felt for a long time, probably almost 18, 20 years, almost, I think in this health world, in terms of specifically weight loss journeys, um, 
I fully believe that we all have, we're in different, we all have the same chapters, but sometimes we're different chapters and sometimes we're different verses within the chapters. I am not going to say that I'm an expert. Do I know everything? Absolutely no. Um, I am human. I do enjoy listening. I, you know, um, definitely not a therapist, but I think my own experience in listening to others, they're all, they're all very similar at times. And sometimes it's the accountability piece, which I get to play weekly, you know, with my clients is so huge because sometimes it's that simple accountability, someone knowing where you are and where you want to go kind of from point A to point B. I get to be the guide in one's journey. Um, definitely not the hero because my clients are their own hero. Um, I can't drag a horse to water, um, but that's what I get to do. Something that I love. Um, and going back thinking about, you know, today when I recognize, Hey, we were doing this. I'm like, yeah, how long has it been? And I, and it has, it's almost three months. And I will say the significant of three months. And I'm not sure Felicia, if I've told you this, right about now and i don't i don't know what the specific date but this is my three-year anniversary of actually being a client myself as well as giving up 65 pounds um and i was at a top weight of 250 pounds and that to me you know i'm sure some people look at me and like oh yeah you know i'm doing posting and and you know talking to people about their health and and I, cause I've been there, I've been there. I was the, you know, whether it's the naysayer, the doubter, the, nah, that's, you know, hocus pocus or whatever. But, you know, I do know there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, yeah, people are cheering for you, but you know, there's also people saying, yeah, let's see how long this one works. You know, if you, you know, I'm not saying I've done tons and tons of programs, but you know, some people do and some people don't, some people have never done a, a program. And, um, but I know, I mean, at three years, it's more than a few months that I've maintained. And it's a, it is a, I mean, it's almost a job. It is a job, you know, yeah. um, it never goes away. Um, and I'll have to say, I learned this a long, well, not that long ago, but 15, 18 years ago, that here we are. I mean, the difference is why this is, is, you know what, we have to use food for nourishment purposes. We cannot abstain from food. We're human beings, you know, and yet we're dealing with a substance and where if you do label it as an addiction, and I know some people don't, and I'm not saying everyone has that disease, but if you, if you understand that thought process, then if it's an, if it is an addiction and it's something that mentally is challenging and an addiction is something that one who cannot control. So there's a like, there's an indulgence versus an addiction. Take whichever A word, you know, you feel comfortable with and kind of move from there and recognize, well, how do you live within the means? How do you stick within the guardrails of, of, of health? Um, and there's a wide latitude that many people do. Um, some people believe, hey, they have to, and they want to exercise, you know, daily and, and a lot of people don't have issues, but there are a lot of people who do. And certainly here in America, you know, the two stats that have always stood out to me, I don't necessarily remember them, but now as a health coach, I, you know, it's true when pandemic and the COVID has not made it any better. But when I started three years ago, 
the two numbers are, were what's the percent of people who are overweight and morbidly obese? And together, they were 67%-ish, um, just under 70. And now, not even three years later, certainly post-COVID, it's over 70%. You know, people here in America, and I can't speak for other parts of the world, and I don't know those numbers, we're not getting healthier. You know, part of it is lifestyle, part of it's what's, you know, brand marketing, TV, uh, just in choices. I mean, every corner has something that you can pick up that we think is good or, or not. I mean, hey, you go and you stop and get your coffee and you pick up something that is doughy or sweet or bread. And, you know, everyone has their opinions. And anyways, so three years ago, I recognized, hey, I kind of look at myself. I didn't, I mean, I looked at a few pictures. I'm like, well, you know, you let yourself go. And you're running on borrowed time because I had um, two years before 2019, almost two years before that, I had a heart attack for, I walked around with a heart attack for over three months and was not aware um, because it was initially not diagnosed. Um, it was missed. And I'm like, thought it was mental. I thought it was in my head. I thought it was muscular. I, you know, and all these things. Lo and behold, well, I needed two stents. And, and so look, at that top weight of 250 pounds, I wasn't doing myself any favors. So I made that decision. I said, well, we got to do something. And otherwise, and this is why, why we're here today. And now I get to help people, you know, get healthy. And yeah, it's something that I still deal with. I mean, you know, maybe not as, it's not as challenging, but I know the tools, but hey, you know what? Again, 53 years old. I've probably been on a program since before I know for sure I was 12. Being aware, being the chubby kid. And I know Felicia, you and I, we talked about this um, recently and more conversations that I remember, you know, when you needed the, you know, being, you know, some of those labels. I mean, being Hey, when you needed nice clothes, where uh, there was one store, and I grew up here in Dallas, Texas. Um, there was one store then. I think they're still in business. Shockingly, it was a nice men's store, and in the men's store, they had a really good, you know, kids' teen department as well for suits and slacks and whatever. But in between, in in amongst that side of the store, there was the quote-unquote place where, you know, one like me. Um, could find clothes that fit. And that was the Husky department. And that in itself, I, you know, now recognize there were some labels and stigma attached. Um, you know, I, I mean, being a, a boy, uh, I don't know. I still don't know if I certainly understood what it all meant, but there's some emotional, there had to have been some emotional stuff unbeknownst to me at the time. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, this was exactly what I wanted to do was reverse engineer this whole how Jason became Jason today. And so your segue into, you know, where this all began. And like you said, uh, basically a lifetime, a journey of exploring, releasing, letting go, working through the loss of, of weight. And, and what I think is such an interesting conversation about the two of us talking about this today is, you know, 
society does have labels and society as a whole, we are animals in this human bodies that are drawn and attracted into our spots, the things that we like, the things that make us go, you know, like get us titillated and get us excited. And, oh, we want to have that. And that could be food or that could be sex or that could be a drink or that could be the human touch. That could be all the things. And, you know, I'm glad you raised the word addiction because I believe um, that we all have addictions. I do believe that people could right now go, fuck you. Like, I don't have an addiction. But no, the truth is, is and excuse my swearing, it is my podcast. So I, I, I give us freedom to, you know, be fully self-expressed. That's why we're uncensored. Um, so needless to say, um, I do think we all have our stimulants. I do think some have uh, an ability to control versus others, like, you know, I will speak for myself, uh, you know, where moderation isn't always in, you know, I really have to put blinders on to go into mindset, moderation, pulling, pulling back, refraining from not wanting to like touch, feel and have a hand to mouth conversation and then intake which is hand-to-mouth food intake. That's, that's just something that I think we all deal with, whether it's a cigarette, a joint, a drink, coffee, you know, a pill, a food, a, whether it's cannoli, pasta, steak, you know, excuse me, sexually, you know, there's the human body. We don't need to go into the explicits of that. I, I, I'll refrain from my, 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 my uh, very explicit descriptions. Um, but my point is, is we all have these things. And you and I happen to have something that's actually very common, like you said, you know, like over 67, 70% of whether it's just the US, because you said, I don't think you said the world, I think you said the US, is uh, uh, overweight or overly obese circ circumstance and talk about health. So the reason why you and I ended up meeting and I pulled the trigger at this time, because like yourself, I go back to when I was put on my first, when we did talk about this, my first, uh, formulaically form, uh, what do I want to say? Formal diet. I was eight years old and I was eight years old and people could be like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Melba toast, uh, cheddar cheese, uh, celery sticks, cottage cheese. Like these are things I remember back at eight years old. <laughs> And I remember like minimal amounts of these things. And I had gone from a hundred pounds to 85 pounds. And my hundred pounds, because I was an active kid from dancing, whatever, I'm sure to the next person looked chubby, but, or, you know, because that was a word that we used in our childhood was chubby. That's not a word that I think is used today, but I'm using the word in reference to what we were hearing yep. and absorbing because 
I don't know when you were led to, if it was your recognition of yourself or if it was other people's conversations around you or the mirrors you passed by, it was a culmination of all those things for me. I was in front of mirrors in ballet class. I was in front of mirrors because the woman's ready to wear stores that my parents and family owned. I was in front of people all the time who were always creating, dressing, showing, not comparing, but just around each other. And so I had a lot of influences and a lot of inspiration and always being told, God, you're really smart. You're really beautiful. It's really too bad you don't lose weight since I was, you know, yay high. And what I think that unconsciously it did was told me I wasn't good enough because I was missing this one part. Not that I didn't think I wasn't good enough, but I definitely think that your self-esteem, uh, your self-confidence can unconsciously be affected because there's like, oh, because this isn't fitting into whatever, you, whoever, however said, you know, these words, that is a missing part. And listen, and I went on and, and you know, with outfits that I could, you know, my parents had to go to the preteen shop for the eight-year-old kid to get the, the pretty dress for my brother's bar mitzvah that looked beautiful. And I had lost weight and 15 pounds for an eight-year-old kid. Are you kidding me? That's a lot of weight. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I, I do think again, that these stories that you and I though fully haven't been expressed have had a lot of things in common. So when you were a little Jason, Can you remember before age five? Uh, I don't think so. Um, do you, so do you remember before age seven or 10? Seven to 10 somewhere. And I kind of, it comes back to the, my memory of a family portrait. You know, of course it was around the fireplace, weren't they all? And I can tell you there were two, but the one that really sticks in my mind is me in some golden yellow shirt and white, I think shorts. I, I don't think I was in white denim jeans. I'm pretty sure I wasn't. And I don't think I, uh, you know, a boy would, would, I don't know, who knows, maybe I was, but it was, it was something golden and it was, this was probably the 70s. So that makes yeah. sense fashion-wise. It was time yeah. you know, fashionable. And I'm like, yeah, I look fine. I mean, I don't think, you know, but yeah, the word chubby was used, was a word that was used, period. Not that it was used a lot. It was just a label. I mean, kind of like today, and I mean, no, today, but somewhere, hey, you know, as a newborn, when they have cute cheeks, you used to call them chubby they chubby cute and it was a good thing to have a thick thigh it was right. a good thing it was a good thing to have a healthy baby that has right. a thick thigh when does that shift is the question is it because of health is it because of society and i want to go back to the little boy so for me i've identified why i started reaching to food to emotionally fix it you know fill a void and i do believe no, I don't have a clear image. So this is going to be my next question. And I'm sharing this publicly. I do believe that my little three-year-old Felicia was witnessing things in my family's household between my parents that I couldn't help either of them with. 
And that I do believe was, you know, verbal and physical abuse. And my little three-year-old self could not manage to save my mama, my mama, my mother, or my father. And I do think that what I decided at that time to do, because I needed to be nurtured and never, you know, ask for more than what one, you know, I mean, I was supposedly this really good little girl and this just stayed in my lane and didn't cry, like kept myself kind of thing. Um, and I would beeline into the kitchen in the middle of the night and I started to learn how to climb the cupboards. I mean, I don't climb trees, but I knew how to climb a cupboard and get into that upper cabinet and get into that prepackaged 1960s food that was coming out left and right. First time that things were no longer like fresh and raw. It was like, we're going to discover something so we can send astronauts to space. And that's when food started really getting changed. And I figured out, how, there. I, was, I received years later, swear to God, this is classic, Jason. Years later from a friend of mine from that I work with in the film industry. She's in, in the costume department and she gives me this birthday card uh, in black and white. This little girl's got a pixie haircut with this little dress climbing up into the cupboard. I said, oh my God, who took this photo of me from my childhood? Like, it was like, where this come from? This is, I mean, the only difference was I would have been in flannel nightgown. Like, you know, I mean, it was classic. and. My point is, is that we both know that, so we can all like go through these journeys of, oh, I've got to lose weight because I've got an event or I've got to lose weight because I tore my meniscus or I got to lose weight because I just had two stints and a heart attack for the last three months, all sorts of reasons. Or I just, you know, want to feel better, period. And and we also know that losing weight is possible for all of us, however we make that decision to do it. It's not in the losing weight. That's one part of the journey. It's the maintenance, like in all things in life, the consistency showing up, the making the decision showing up, the consistency in taking action showing up, and repeat, rinse, repeat rent, repeat, rent, and the accountability like you talked about. And this is all the things in life. Like you can't, you can't own the house if you don't pay the mortgage. You can't, can't get the hot dog if you don't pay for the hot dog. You know, you can't, you can't advance in education if you don't pass your things. You can't drive the car if you don't pass the driver. Like, so it's the same thing with weight. But the interesting thing about weight, unlike alcohol or other drugs or what have you is like you said we need it for nourishment for survival you don't need alcohol to survive you don't need most likely pills to survive i'm saying this in air quotes you don't need you know certain things but but there is a certain sustainability that you need from a functionality like gasoline in a car so you need to fuel the body but with that said in order to maintain the body after the loss, 
you really have to get down to the nuts and bolts of where this all began for that individual. Like for me, I think it's emotional as well as physical stuff from going through thyroid cancer and, you know, radiation kicking my body into early menopause, which was not, you know, a thing at the time for my body. Oh, but so what? Okay. So how do we do this? Thankfully, we're seeing results with what we're doing, you know, actively. Um, and do you agree with that? Do you see in working and coaching and supporting other people that success comes from taking action or from cutting to the bottom of things or a combination of both or I'm full of shit? Um, I think success probably likely comes from taking action. But before you can take the action, one has to recognize that there is an issue to, to resolve. And because if you don't have the mindfulness, um, then it's that quick fix that will do something for a moment of time without getting beyond. Um, and I think many programs, diets, normally is a popular term, which I don't love because normally that's a goal-driven action. What um, is the term? Diet, a diet. Oh, yeah. But I thought you said something else. I, oh, virtu- um, I did. It'll come back to me in a second. Okay. But my thing about labeling things as a diet or certainly, you know, this health, a health journey versus a health program journey versus a diet. A diet is normally implies, hey, I get to the goal and one of two things happen. You either get to that goal and you're like, you know, you, you're saying I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I succeeded. Great. But if you don't change the habits, then basically you're going to go back. Um, mm-hmm. Or the other thing is you get to the goal or you set a goal and you don't get there out of frustration, you quit and you also go back. I do remember um, and why this book was in my closet. Don't I, I haven't remembered that part, but somewhere in, a, in my teen years, there was a book that was given to me. And I, I don't know, I guess I had shelves in my closet. So maybe I had this little book, book shelf there. But the simple title of this book was um, The Best Way to Lose Weight. And there was, a sub, there was a subtitle. And the subtitle was to go on a diet. Because it basically said, you know, for those two reasons I just said, you, you go, you lose some weight, and then you gain it back plus some or you yeah. get frustrated or you don't change the habits. So a lot of it does come down to changing habits. And if you're not mindful, it, you then, then, you know, I can help people, you know, shed some pounds. Um, I truly believe the whole journey is more than just a number on a scale. It's not, that is, that is a tool. That is not the tool. That is a tool, but it's, well, it's a common thing that we're used to because a measurement of weight is black and white you know, whether it's in pounds or kilograms, whatever your preference is, it, it, it's a measurement. Um, yeah. Easy. It's, it's, you know, you go to the doctor's office or wherever, it's all uniform. But what's not uniform is, hey, maybe it is the inches. Maybe it is the fact that when we don't have any energy or there's a few, some clients I help a smaller percent, it's not about a large weight loss. It's like, five to 10 pounds or not even 10, 15% per se, but it's the fact they have no energy because they don't eat or they don't eat well or correctly. And, and, and that's a whole different conversation, but going back to what you said in terms of when you were a young, uh, a young girl, 
the one thing that kept popping into my mind, and, and I do know I don't remember everything, and you know, you're not the first to ask, and I remember snippets of things. I do remember, you know, it comes back to, and I can't quite remember all this, but I definitely remember what was the thing on Saturday nights, I think when my parents would go out, um, and I had two older uh, siblings, sisters, and they probably took care of me most of the time. I mean, they were they had their lives in tune, so not everyone. But I can tell you on Saturday nights, what was the highlight of Saturday night? I got to have the hungry man Swanson dinner. Um, and and you you know why I was thinking about that is hungry man. Who in the where did that come from? You know, but it comes back to labeling. You know, um, here I was. I'm sure I wasn't. I wasn't a wasn't a teenager. I was definitely a tween at best. But when I had a regular TV dinner, it wasn't filling enough. So mm -hmm. I thought. So I was told, or so I believed, because you know what? And look, you had larger portions of the protein, and it was the something covered in gravy. It was some kind of carby potatoes or something, or French fries, and something that maybe was a vegetable. And then there were there were five or plus there was a dessert and maybe something else, you know, and pulling back that film. I mean, you know, it was, it was something. And I'm like, if I looked, if, if I could probably could find you can Google anything today. If I looked at the nutrition information today of what that was, I would probably be really surprised. And I think most parents probably wouldn't, you know, maybe we would, maybe it was all good. I don't know, but I'm, I'm certain this was in the seventies. Um, and it does go back to, uh, I mean, can we always figure it all, all out? No, but I, uh, at least I can't, but I do believe it's, it's branding, it's marketing. You know, we are what's in front of us, whether it's through TV and now it's, you know, all these other different forms of media with their media, with the internet, but even, you know, you're in the film industry. What have, what has the film industry, how have they casted characters? and written those characters. I mean, it's all, you know, whether it's from LA, from the film industry to New York, traditionally the media, you know, what, how does the society believe, you know, that what's healthy, you know, and, and that's a whole, you know, big can of worms. I don't think we were getting, we're not going to solve it, but no, I, want, no. I want to say this though, I, you know, I, it, it can be important to know where this, where and why. Um, but I know this for most of my clients, it, obviously it's in the present and the here and now, you know, and, and it's like, well, you know, we can't necessarily, even, even on a day-to-day week-to-week thing, I've got clients. So, well, yeah, I had this or I had that. Okay, great. Well, what do you want? You know, why are we, why, what are we trying to accomplish? Right. And that comes back to that accountability. I definitely think like, you know, I mean, it all, it always from, from childhood forward is accountability. I, I think that, you know, we were raised as we were the beginning of the latchkey movement. And we were also the beginning of uh, things being accessible where a family did not have to cook and things were just there so you could grab it so you could have a hungry man or you could have a whatever you know sticker you could have uh you know a, a, a tang you could like cool it like there were things cereal there were just things popcorn. 
Yes. That work. But it's not about going backwards. It's not about not being present. It's to say that I think in those, for me, again, it's not that I remember those things happening, Jason, and it's not that I need to attach to be able to move forward. I do think for me personally, having gone back and forth of weight loss from being really healthy and not, and, and then in the more recent years, just things that I've experienced through so, uh, getting through four bouts of thyroid cancer, taking care of a mom, working my hours, whatever. These aren't excuses. It's just like, I'm done. I'm done carrying this all around. I'm done because I want to feel better and, and feel strong and know, and, and know what that's like. So I want to get back to her. And I'm just grateful that you know, today, the the way I look at things, and it's no different than other things in my life. It's just, it's got a very parallel application, I think. I think that I've always been accountable. I think that there are times that it's really easy to slip. And food just happens to be one of those things that shows up on people's bodies like mine and yours differently than somebody else who might sit next to you and eat the very same thing and not have the same results. So therefore, it is a it is a life journey. It is something that has been a conversation in people's lives like yours and mine for predominantly all of our lives. So again, going back to, you know, little Jason, when you were a little boy, though, what yeah. I want to know, not re related to weight at all is what was it that excited you and what was it that stimulated you? Because there's a lot more things we have in common than just the weight conversation. Well, um, I'm sure like most, you know, holidays, family gatherings, normally in my life, that there, a lot of that was associated around food. So when you had special things made, um, the, yeah, you know, when my cousin, uh, when my cousins came up from Houston, you know, one, one was a baker and she would always make things and there was always even more stuff in the house than normal. And that was exciting. You know, um, thinking about, I mean, I think I had a certainly normal uh, childhood. I know for sure an early elementary school I mean, those were the days, I mean, I loved, I was on my bike hours a day, you know, how I don't think I wore a watch and somehow I just knew, we all knew we had to be home for dinner, whatever time dinner was not still no, haven't quite figured out how we knew. Um, but whether I was riding my bike at, around the neighborhood with the kids, my friends or not, and there was definitely some of both. It was just hanging out, you know, doing stuff, being active as a kid. What uh, did you love as a kid? Like, did you love art? Did you love nature? Did you love theater? Did you love sports? What did you, I, what did you I, remember? I know for sure I love sports and I played some. I started playing soccer, I think, when I was um, in second or third grade. And I was able to get onto a team that was, we were really good. Um, I happen to be a year younger. Most of them were a year ahead of me. Um, and coming back then, though, hey, what position can you play? Well, you know, I didn't have a lot of stamina. I couldn't run a whole lot, but I was, I was, whatever. I don't remember what it was called. Beefy, stocky. Um, I was a great defender. Yeah. I could, I could be, um, I forgot my soccer terms, but um, I want to say fullback. That's football. 
well, it'll come to me. But whatever, I was by the goal in front of the goalie. I could probably stop the ball and and redirect it to where and move the ball down the field. I mean, we, I played with this team for nine seasons, four and a half years, spring and fall. Um, I know I had championship trophies because we we pretty much won most. Um, and then we got to that point. So, I mean, three and a half years, I must have been fifth, sixth grade, how was it, 11, 12? It's kind of, hey, when when does probably puberty hit and you grow? Well, they grew and got faster, stronger. I wasn't going to get any faster with carrying around that extra weight. Um, and then eventually, I know I played a season of football. Obviously, I played an offensive lineman because that's, again, I was big and I could, you know, block somewhat. Um, and that was a season. But what did I do? I don't know. We hung out um, like going to amusement parks. Six Flags was a big deal. We went a lot. Um, that was always exciting. When my cousins came in town, we we went. Um, going out to get ice cream, you know, we went to the ice cream store and there was, I come from a family of four kids and my cousins were three and all seven of us piled into, because then they were, weren't using seatbelts, piled into the back of the station wagon from the middle all the way to the back, you know, and I think it was a fight who wanted to sit in the back to look out the back window. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you walk into the ice cream store and there's seven kids getting ice cream and like clockwork somewhere, you know, um, the funny thing is all of a sudden you get a cone with an ice cream. Well, when the person doesn't quite pack it onto the cone, guess what? They start falling off. And like one, one, like one, all the ice cream started falling off. I don't know. Just, those are just some childhood memories that. It's what I think is really interesting. And this is not a, a judgment. It's an observation. You have a lot of memories around food and gatherings and family. And even though it's interesting, I do have a lot of celebration around family and food. I don't, I, I, hearing you describe it makes me hear how you really have that that identification and I do too like I mean and and I don't always I mean I know that exists for many people around many different cultures it was all about the food and it was about the family and this experience and but hearing you is like another form of a validation is like those are your connect the dots. Those are the things that simulate you. What, as a little boy, so food, obviously, and family, obviously, were big things for you. Did you end sports? And when you stopped after your first year of football and you saw these boys getting stronger and continuing and after the one year, do you remember, like, did this, did you have feelings about that? Did it matter to you? Did it, did you feel like, you excelled in other things or have limited you in ways that you felt blocked and you know like what what occurred to you at that point well, do you remember? i i have an answer um and i know but i don't know and what i what i have been reminded is um and th this i i don't i mean i believe um i was certainly teased as as a as a kid um, either on the playground, at school, and elsewhere. And ironically, I was actually teased by really one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe I didn't know any better. Um, but so, you know, I know probably how would I feel after football? Well, you know, 
living within where I am. You know, you're not going to be maybe play as many sports or maybe there were other sports. And I probably did some other sports. Nothing. It's um, I mean, I, I did swim. I mean, in the summertime, uh, we spent hours in the pool, um, you know, during the week. Well, summertime. Uh, <laughs> do you, I mean, hours. Um, but, um, you know, in Sundays in the fall was certainly all about the Dallas Cowboys watching. Yeah football and i mean back then i guess there was network tv i mean it wasn't black and white certainly was color um but you know sports were coming into play and and that was exciting and we you know had uh whatever i mean with baseball here um but what else did i mean listen my family my dad had a you know a great business and a lot of you know and and so you know, there was a lot of stuff spent time talking about that in some regards and how that interwove into our lives kept us busy. And was your family really social and did, and even when you weren't with your cousins and all the extended family, as a family unit, you did a lot of things together, right? And I would imagine you did a lot of celebrating or a lot of, you know, dinner was a big thing and being around the table was a big thing or, you know, doing events with family, with other families or the things you belong to, whether it was the local swim club or the local temple or whatever. I mean, I would imagine there was a lot of that kind of socializing going on. Yes, maybe. Oh, for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, like I said, pretty normal. And maybe I take it for granted because it's not normal or it, what is and isn't. It's, it's not for many, but for you and people like me, I get it. I, it feels but, normal to me, but, but I, I really not. I certainly recognize. I mean, that's why I said, hey, when I started having, you know, my oldest son is. Yeah, I think 23. Um, so he's 23. But I know when when he was born or somewhere three to five years later and like you know what i knew what my childhood was and like i mentioned my childhood was on a bike you know out not sitting in front of a tv not being able to explore the neighborhood or going miles you know and parents then me as a parent well you couldn't let your kid go that far let alone down the block without some kind of supervision well before um, I think it was before. I don't know. I guess we had cell phones then. Um, well, I'm sure we had cell phones, but I mean, it, it was just all, you know, uh, the, like I said, I had a watch. How did I know it was six o'clock, seven o'clock, you know, seven 30 and it was past dinner time where I was in big trouble because I missed dinner. Um, I, I, it's interesting. So, I mean, the difference between, I mean, here, my 23 year old versus even kids today, Parenting has changed. It, I'm sure it always has evolved. Our parents were not like their parents and my kids will not be like me, you know? And as much as I think we all try, you know, you've heard it, Felicia, I heard it. I said it. Oh, I, you know, I'm definitely not going to be like my mother or father because of X, you know, they might've done this to me. And I said, I will never do it to my own child. And then when you have that realization, oh my God, you're and it's like it's it must be imprinted on, on the you know totally enmeshed in the brain so it, it is how are we brought up so there is validity to exploring what you know life was um because there's clues 
Well, and speaking of clues, so your father had a really successful business. Was your mom a stay-at-home mom? Um, she was until she, you know, until we, my younger sister and I, we were old enough and she spent more time working there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, at your father, at the family business. Mm -hmm. And so as your family, as your family was successful with your own, you know, family business, did that influence you down the line to formulate what you wanted to do, you know, going forward? Did you, did you have independent thoughts of things that interest you or did you, you know, was a family business like something that also interests you and that's where the, the direction you went? Cause I know you said you worked, you did work with your father. I did. Um, I certainly, it definitely was a decision of my own. Um, that I, from beginning, it's not like I was required, expected, and quite frankly, I know my dad even discouraged because, you know, he really felt that if this was something I really wanted, it was best to at least have experience elsewhere, mm -hmm. you know, working for someone, not necessarily being an independent entrepreneur. Um, and, um, but I well, I guess I was motivated. I thought the best thing for me was to get done with college as quickly as I could. And so happened to be, I graduated two quarters early, which mean, which ultimately was December of 1990. And it wasn't a great time because then, you know, there was a, whether it was a recession or depression, whatever it was, it was not an easy time to find employment in 91. I don't even know if it, how much it improved in 92, but it definitely it's like the slowdown and it was more like the poof. It just happened um, somewhat. Yeah, slowly. it was the wartime. Um, yeah, I guess it was. Right. So in the end, um, I was looking and couldn't quite find, you know, an entry level accounting job. And I had definitely, yeah, many nights at the dinner table. It was business this. And I was, I had been working. I summers and every time, every summers and breaks. Uh, I would work, I would go to trade shows probably since before. In fact, I know it was before I was 16. I look forward to you joining me next week with Jason as we continue talking about the art of entrepreneurship and how it all ties into our life passions and our purpose. So thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode with Jason Minsky, and I look forward to you joining us next week. Bye for now. In the meantime, where the spirit is young, the soul is wise, and the life stories are vast, there isn't anything here on Camp VP Uncensored that we don't choose to talk about from soup to nuts or what I like to say from cannolis to egg in the holes. And don't forget the s'mores. Join, subscribe, share. We love having you here and joining us around the campfire. Thank you so much. Bye for now. No, 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 no.